everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Student Space. In this episode, I'm chatting to Eliza, a serial entrepreneur who splits her time between running her own beauty salon, Glam Theory Studios, working as a makeup artist, packing orders for her own cosmetic line, Glam Theory Cosmetics, and is a makeup educator for her own makeup academy. We chat all about her decision to stop uni as she launched into the makeup and beauty industry and how you too can make it as a makeup artist. Enjoy! I'd like to begin by respectfully acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians on this land on which this podcast is recorded on. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast. Welcome, Eliza, to the student space. What I'll do is I start off by getting you to tell our listeners who you are and what you are passionate about. Cool. So hi everyone. I'm Eliza. I'm 25 years old and I am primarily a makeup artist, but I like to think of myself as a little bit more of like a beauty boss entrepreneur. I have my finger in quite a few pies at the moment. Um, So yeah, huge passion for makeup and also makeup education um, and growing other people's, you know, dreams and getting them into the makeup industry I love as well and then um, huge passion for growing businesses too. Love it and so let's think back to your high school days. Um, Tell me a little bit about your high school experience. Okay cool I had an interesting one. I went to quite like an elite private school Um, so I had that typical kind of um, upbringing there very um, focused on going to uni Uh, I also, in a social aspect, didn't have the best time um, at high school, but I was very academic. So I kind of spent my time at high school studying while I was at school. And then in my, you know, own time, I would go and I did dancing outside of school. So I had a really close group of friends there that kind of kept me sane. (laughs) Lovely. And you did mention you're really academic. Did that translate to your aspirations for after U12? Like, did you want to go straight into university? Yeah, so the goal was always to go to uni. Um, The main thing I always wanted to do was something in kind of like the psychology realm. um, But also I had like a fascination with crime and (laughs) criminals and all of that kind of stuff. So like forensic science and all of that was kind of things that I was thinking about at the time I even thought about medicine for a little while there I think that's just because I was watching a lot of house at the time (laughs) and it seemed appealing but um yeah I went and studied criminology and psychology straight after uni so I went down quite an academic route to start with yeah okay tell me about the transition from high school to university what was the first year like Very, not what you expect. I think in school and definitely at my school anyway, they put like a lot of, um, you know, like year 12s, like the be all and end all, like, you know, study so hard, like spend all your time studying and you never have to study again. (laughs) And then you get to uni and it's, you know, I'll tell the truth, it's harder than what you probably think that it's going to be. Suddenly you're on your own. Um, And I think if you went to a school like I did where they spoon feed you a lot of stuff um, and really coach you through, when you get to uni, you're kind of on your own. So that was like a huge, I guess, wake up call. But then I've always been a very independent learner. So I still um, thrived in that environment and really enjoyed it. Um, So, yeah. 
Totally. I can so relate because I myself did go to like one of those schools also. And then you get into first year uni and then they don't chase up your homework. You have to make sure you get there on time. Um, You have to make sure you're in the right class. No one's going to hold your hand. Yeah. And it's daunting as well walking into, you know, a a classroom or a lecture and, you know, everyone turns around and looks in to see who's coming in the door. And, um, you know, it's very scary. It's not like in high school where you wait out the front of the classroom and all walk in together. So that was a huge difference as well. Yeah, trying to make like a whole new group of friends as well. I don't think like when I was at uni, I never, I didn't really make any friends in the classes that I was doing because it was kind of like you just come in, do your work and then leave. Um, When I started doing, I did some drama units and that's where I actually met people at uni. But um, in my more like academic units, like you kind of just come and go. I never really met anyone. I don't know if that was the same for you, but yeah. Absolutely. In my first year, well, it's honestly my fault because I didn't put myself out there to make friends. (laughs) I was feeling very lost. So I just thought exactly what you said. I'd go in, do the work and then I'd leave. So yeah, it's a bit of a two-way street. You've got to put in you put in that's what you get out of it but I really didn't yeah and I I ended up um I've been involved with the Deakin cheer and dance um program at Deakin um and I didn't join that program until I had left Deakin that's (laughs) so funny um, you can still do it if you're not a student there um but that was really really great and like I would have so much more benefited from that because I would have seen friendly faces like around the campus when I was there so um but I think when I first started at uni I thought that those programs were a bit like I don't know nerdy or something to go like do that and be that involved with your uni so um but there's definitely value in it so I'd definitely look into like whatever interest you have like joining a club because then you know you'll get to know like-minded people absolutely so it's funny, we have some of the same regrets in our yeah. first couple of years at uni. Let's shift a bit. Tell me all about your passion for makeup and where this started. Yeah, cool. So, so far, you've probably been listening to me talk and you're like, oh, okay, cool. She went to uni and she studied psychology. Um, What was this about her being a makeup artist? <laughs> Doesn't like connect at all. Um, yeah, so I, when I was in my second year at uni, I I was just sick of studying, um, wasn't loving it, but I, I pushed through and I continued to stay for a further two years. But whilst I was in my second year, a makeup course like came up, advertised, um, and it was with a company called Beauty Edu, and the spokesperson for them was Beck Judd, Ooh. and it was going to be at the new like Eastland when Eastland had its remodeling. It was going to be inside David Jones at Eastland, like this full campus, which. A lot of people don't know ever existed there, but it did. Um, And it just sounded so appealing and I'd always loved makeup. I grew up dancing, so doing my makeup for concerts and I was always that friend that, you know, everyone would be like, oh, can you do my makeup? Like I had a natural knack for it, never saw it as a career because to me, I I was quite naturally smart. So it felt like a waste and even my like parents would say to me like, oh, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, like you know, go to uni, like you've got those skills, you should do it. Um, So I just never even saw it as a possibility and to be blunt, like thought of it as a dumb job and thought of anything in the beauty hair industry as like, oh, that's what people who drop out of school go and do. So um, yeah, then I started, I I thought I would love to work in the makeup industry though. Um, While I'm going through uni, I'm going to be at uni for a long time. I want to be a psychologist. It's going to be years. I could work at Mecca or something on the side. So I went and enrolled in this makeup course. Um, 
and it went for a year. It was two days a week. Cost me like twenty thousand dollars. What? Something on my hex. Yeah. Are you so, serious? You know, an expensive little side endeavor. <laughs> I was going to take a lot of mecha ships shifts to uh, pay that off. Oh my goodness! Um, Why did yeah. I not know that that was that expensive? Yeah, yeah. So crazy. Um, it's because the institution I went to through was like a private institution. Yeah, of course. Um, so at least you could put on hex. Yeah, but yeah. So enrolled into that, and then halfway through that year. I, I was still studying uni full-time on the side, so I was very, very busy. Um, I needed a new part-time job, and I was just looking for a part-time job in, like, like anywhere. Um, and I applied for one at Cookai, didn't get it, was, like, absolutely devastated. Um, and then this job the next day came up at Inglot, which was going to be the brand-new store at Eastland. Um, and so I applied for that, and if I'd gotten the job at Cookai... This is why, like, things happen for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. If I had gotten the job at Cook, I never would have applied for the job at Ingla and I would probably not be where I am today in the makeup industry. But got this job at Inglot and started working there and then it just blew up from there, like, in terms of um, my social media, all of that stuff. Um, and then suddenly I was like, oh, my God, I can actually earn really good money from this. Um, and I can work for myself and, like, the appeal of, like, running my own business and all of that kind of suddenly hit me. And that's kind of how I ended up from psychology to makeup. Love it. And so what point did you think, I can try this by myself? So you're working at Inglot. When did yeah. you start doing your own clients at home? So I started having lots of requests. So people would come in and they would request me to do their makeup because they'd seen me on social media or, like, word of mouth. And it got to the point where I was, I'd get so many requests I actually wouldn't be allowed to do them all because we had to share the work around. Oh. Um, so people would come in and they would have requested me and they didn't get me on the day and they'd see me just in the store cleaning and I was like, oh, that's not fair. And also I was getting paid only like $25 an hour for, you know, a full makeup. And so I started doing some people from home on the days that I wasn't working and that was going really well. Um, and then I just, yeah, took the leap and decided to, to do it for myself, I guess, because I'd already established that clientele. So I was quite lucky in that sense that I didn't start from from nothing. I kind of had that as a base. So, you know, recommendation if anyone wants to become a makeup artist working in retail first to kind of build your skills and all of that's definitely a really good tip oh some wise words there and so if students are listening and want to become a makeup artist I know you said you spent thousands of dollars on this course but do you feel like they really need to go and do that to upskill or learn the art of makeup no so the super interesting thing about the beauty industry is it's not regulated at the moment so you don't need any specific qualification to go and work as a makeup artist or like do lash extensions or brows um any of that stuff there's no formal qualification that you actually require um so i recommend when people message me and say that they want to do something similar to me instead go and learn from people who are current like in the industry and do one-on-one lessons and invest your money that way um it won't end up adding up to twenty thousand dollars and you'll get like current like up-to-date education i find some of these beauty courses that are out there they're quite they can be quite outdated in what's taught um and it does depend as well what teacher you get just like any course 
But um, yeah, definitely don't feel like you have to go out and um, spend all this money on this like whiz bang course um, because you definitely can. There's heaps of like shorter options out there um, and that way you can also do it as a side thing and try something else at the same time, which is a really cool thing about beauty too is it works as a full-time job, but it also works as a really nifty side hustle. Um, the idea for me as well was even while I was working at Inglot, I was still at uni, still pushing through going, oh, okay, I'll be a, you know, a psychologist and then you know on um, a Saturday I'll do a wedding in the morning for four hours and that's an extra like $500 um, which you know I ended up doing a lot more than that but it goes to show like if you did have another passion as well it's a great side hustle for like extra money as well and something you can do from home you don't need you know a special space for it if you don't if you don't want as well. Absolutely and so I wanted to ask about what you mentioned when you were at uni and thought to do makeup where people say oh, it's for the people that typically drop out of school or if you're really academic, you shouldn't go down this path or maybe even don't do makeup, go get a real job. Yeah. yeah. How, how do we get around those like societal like norms or things that we hear? Yeah. The interesting thing is I think I was the harshest critic of myself in that. I think I was saying that to myself even more than what other people were saying it to me, um, which just goes to show I think I was a private school snob, to be honest. But but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, that's what I grew up around and that's all I really knew. Um, but I remember having clients come in and, like, their mums would come because it would be their formal and, you know, I'd be chatting to them and I would always work it into conversation that I was at uni. I couldn't like let someone leave thinking that I was just a makeup artist, which I'm not like that now anymore. But it took me, yeah, like a good two years, I reckon, to come to terms with it. And, you know, if I was at um, like a party mingling and meeting new people, like I would always introduce myself as, oh, yeah, I'm studying blah, blah, blah at uni and I do this on the side. It was for so long not the main thing because I was really scared of that judgment. But I think what people need to realise is whatever you do in life, like you can do that thing well and you will earn good money and be successful and be happy. If you're like if you're smart, you, you can still use those brains towards whatever you want to do in life. And, you know, I work with a bunch of amazing beauty bosses who rent spaces at my salon and they wouldn't be where they are operating their business at the level that they are if they weren't smart and educated and amazing women. Um, so, yes, you can be a makeup artist or be a, a beautician um, and work for somebody else and maybe not earn as much money and just go to work, do your job, go home, or you can turn it into a really amazing, lucrative job um, it's just, you know, whether you've got the drive. Now tell me, what ended up happening with your uni? Did you finish? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was so close. I decided I didn't want to go down the psychology route. And then I thought teaching was always interesting to me as well, especially growing up dancing. Like the idea of being like a performing arts teacher was also, and that's what my mum does, a bit of a calling. So I changed from the double degree in psych and crim to a um, 
Bachelor of Arts, brackets, psychology, majoring in drama, minoring in criminology. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> that's like what worked with the units that I'd done so sure. far. Um, and then from there, I was able to do some more drama units because I was enjoying that. Um, but then, you know, when it eventually got to, I opened my salon um, in 2019. And when that happened, that's when uni finally like got completely kicked to the curb. I think once you get a, a taste for money and working full time, it's really hard to priorita- prioritise um, studying where you earn no money. <laughs> um, and yeah, so... As well, the units that I had left were like double credit units um, that were going to take a lot of like time and work and, you know, it's still, look, everyone in my life thinks that I should have just smashed it out and then I'd have the piece of paper. But at the same time, it was still like another 10 grand worth of classes left to do. I think I had like three double credit units left. And they're big ones. So that would probably go over like a whole year or something that would carry over. Yeah. Yeah, so, and look, I'm at the point where I don't think I will go into that industry at all and I don't think I would need that degree for anything that I want to do. I'm in the position now that if I was to ever do something else, it would probably be in more of like a marketing, PR and social media landscape because I love that, or business, um, and those units don't really carry over. So sometimes if you feel like you're in the wrong course, try to be more honest with yourself early I think is a really good tip because I think I just lied to myself and kept pushing through because it was what other people were like would see as like smart and what other people would see as like me achieving well is if I kept doing this course and I think I deep down knew quite early on that it wasn't for me um but, you know, kept pushing through and wasting lots of money and time. <laughs> Look, don't worry about the wasting the money and time because you have learned a lot. Yes, and you're exactly. Re- and that's true too. You've reflected on a that's, lot. Yeah, and, you know, the skills of, you know, even at the moment with my cosmetic brush side of my business, just the ability to, like, I can write really quite well and a lot of the girls at work they get me to write up little blurbs and stuff for their businesses because they're like you can write so like how do you write so well and I think that's come from study from skills uni and yeah studies and all of that kind of stuff so yeah absolutely I was going to end this little question just say like it's really courageous to know and be honest with yourself and know that hey this is not for me so you were really courageous in doing that and there's no shame in not finishing uni mm, yeah yeah when you say it, it still like hits like hard. Oh, of course. But I like, you know, I know that I'm where I need to be now and there's no point like wasting my time, you know, doing that. Absolutely. And just drawing what you said about like the social media and the marketing type of side and PR, if that's what you want to get into later down the track, I'll be honest, you don't need a degree to prove that no. you're capable of doing that. You need yeah. like what you have, which is like a portfolio and you've got a great social media account and Industry a capability. Experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that's a lot of what you learn at uni sometimes doesn't even apply to the to the actual job. You get to the job and then you suddenly have to learn everything again through the job, which I see with a lot of my other friends in their industries. Me too. I got a marketing um, major and I can't even write, like, a piece of copyright. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just not interested. Yeah. I, so that's, exa- that's a prime example. Yeah. So 
do tell me there are a lot of makeup artists out there and I feel maybe in the last year or two there's been a surge maybe Mm. it's been COVID that everyone's been at home playing with makeup do you feel like there's a lot of competition around yeah look I thought this when I started way back really four or five years ago I thought this um and I've also noticed like people are starting all kinds of businesses in lockdown because it's just that idea of like side hustle something you can do from home um something you can teach yourself that's I think why that surge is happening so much but um I think that there is plenty of room still out there for makeup artists because like I'm constantly turning people away and the other girls that I work with are constantly turning people away um and even especially now more than ever I was teaching one of my classes last night and it's an advanced class so they've already done quite a bit of training with me and started uh, started to start up their businesses and um I said to them this is like they were all bummed about COVID they were like well how am I meant to like start my business when you know COVID is stopping people from getting their makeup done it's like the worst time to start and I said no but it's actually also it's a blessing and a curse because every single event is being postponed and postponed and postponed all so that you're going to have two years worth of events in like the space of two months which is what I'm looking at right now on my calendar there's so many people looking for new makeup artists because all the ones on their list are full um so it's a great time to get in there I just think if you market yourself well if you practice if you're doing like models friends all of that and posting photos um and you dedicate yourself to it there is plenty of room in the industry yeah. That's really heartwarming to hear. Yeah. So it doesn't like turn off anyone from no. you know following their dream. But I want to hear what are your top tips for a student listening who wants to break up, not break out, for a student listening who wants to break into the makeup industry and really make it. Yeah. Um, learn from every single possible person that you can. Do as many one-on-one lessons and stuff as you can. Um, That is like my number one tip. There's also heaps of like online education, Um, not just like YouTube videos that are free, which is also great, but um, there are a lot of makeup artists, especially since COVID, um, uploading little masterclasses online. So they're fantastic. Um, And then second, like with anything, practice, 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 which we all roll our eyes at every single time. But um, too many times I see with my students that I'm, you know, see them develop and they don't um, push and they don't practice enough. And then there's a lot of people sitting at that level where they've sort of started to do makeup, but they haven't done too much. If you want to stand out from that crowd, you need to like grab family, grab friends, grab your sister, grab your mum, grab your auntie, grab your cousin, like everyone, grab grab your boyfriend, like doesn't matter and practice on their face and post pictures and get them to post. That's what's going to get yeah, really pushed through, I think, um, is having that content. Um, and as well, if you need tips on type of content, um, video is where it's at on social media now. Instagram's like actually come out and said that they're now no longer a photo sharing app. So that means they're going to be sharing videos more than photos. So definitely get on taking little videos of your makeup and little tutorials of what you've been doing. And there's no um, time that's too early to start. I see a lot as well, especially if you're still in high school and you're thinking about it, you can start makeup now. I didn't start makeup until I was two years out of high school. Imagine if I'd started in high school where I'd be today. Um, But there is that fear of judgment of putting yourself out there, um, especially, you know, 
doing your makeup and taking photos of yourself but but don't be scared who cares what anybody else thinks um the sooner you get out there and start sharing what you're doing and have a record of your journey the the sooner you'll get to your destination absolutely did you ever feel that fear of judgment when you first started that instagram account to post yourself a hundred percent so i didn't have a great high school experience i was like quite heavily bullied and those um you know bullies or you know i don't know if i can swear but bitches that's fine (laughs) um they you know were still in the back of my mind even two years after high school and just that thought of like knowing that you know people talk about you but at the end of the day you've got to do you and not worry about what other people think and yes there's people that probably roll their eyes at me still to this day but um there's also like you know heaps and heaps of clients that come see me all the time there's people that come and share their stories of how they look up to me and all of that stuff and you know at the end of the day that's the stuff that matters and there'll always be people looking at what you're doing thinking how amazing it is um just as much as those people looking at you and thinking oh here she goes again but you know those people are probably just jealous so who cares <laughs> exactly exactly and it's like you've got to stay on your own path and look at you when you focus on yourself and what you're passionate about you'll be you're able to achieve so many things like open up your own like salon have a successful makeup business be an educator have a cosmetic brand like yeah I actually also wanted to ask if you had any stories as a makeup artist so yeah. I understand that you um, have done bridal and mm-hmm. to me doing someone's makeup as a bride no not as a bride but doing someone's makeup for their wedding is so stressful because it's like the biggest day of their lives do you have any like wild stories things that have gone wrong or something's happened I've actually been pretty lucky um the one thing like I always hear people say like oh bride must be so daunting the one thing that's good about a bride is that they come and get a trial beforehand so most of the time they like they've tested you out they know that they like you um and you know exactly what you're doing on the day it's actually the bridesmaids that really are scary because they haven't picked you whereas everybody else who comes and sits in my chair they've picked to come to me whereas the brides uh, bridesmaids are just forced to you know do whatever (laughs) the brides told them to um so they're you know sometimes the scarier the scarier people I yeah I haven't had too many horror stories since since yeah my Inglot days when I worked at Inglot I had one lady that came in and she was a bridesmaid but it was just the bride and the bridesmaid they came to Inglot to get their makeup done um so it was a smaller wedding casual wedding that they were going to but um yeah she I don't know she was crazy they had to call security (gasps) (laughs) and I had to leave the store and they called security and she got escorted she just oh it wouldn't have mattered what I did she just hated it yeah she was just an interesting type but that's what you get in retail where people anyone can come in but when you establish your own business and your own brand you know, people come to you because they, they love you. So I've been pretty lucky with, you know, all my amazing clients. And so are there any misconceptions about being a makeup artist? So, for example, you never get a weekend free because you're always, like, painting beautiful people's faces. Yeah, little, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, to an extent, I mean, at the end of the day, like, if you do what I do and you're a freelance makeup artist, you make your own hours. So, um, you know... Yes, I do work a lot of Saturdays and it's hard to turn a Saturday away, you know. When you're doing when you do 10 clients on a Saturday at $100 a head, you don't really want to turn down $1000 for a day off. 
But um, at the same time, you can, you know, decide, okay, well, I've got, you know, a um, friend's party in the afternoon. It starts at 2 o'clock. So I'm going to start my day at 7 a.m. and finish at, you know, 12. And I'm still going to earn, you know, $500 for that time. So, you know, any job where you work for yourself, it's a double-edged sword. You get to set your own hours and it's a lot more flexible um, and you're never answering to anybody else. But then on the other edge, the work always comes home with you and you're always doing inquiries, but I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) And so now I want to chat about your Glam Theory studio. So this is your salon, which houses like all these other beauty, hair, makeup and dress services. What inspired you to go from you, Eliza, the one man show to now have like this huge salon with all these other like what did you say beauty bosses beauty bosses yeah yeah Yeah. where'd that come from um so basically I'd started running my academy from home so training um other makeup artists and uh from there and just a little side note um a really good tip as well for people that are looking to become a makeup artist makeup artist is very events based so your work is kind of Friday Saturday but um, you need that other kind of side hustle to help. Well, not a side hustle, but you're doing makeup just by itself unless you're doing photo shoots, which is like every day of the week. Your work is mainly Friday, Saturday, which is great. You earn really good money in those times. Like I said, you know, you earn 10 people per day on both those days and you've earned $2,000 for the week. But, you know, then you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're doing nothing. So um, having like another little side hustle is really, really good. So doing lashes and makeup or doing um, waxing and makeup or brows and makeup is really good. My thing is education and makeup. So that's why I started teaching um, and that kind of provides my income for the rest of the week. Um, So that's where the academy came from. Then the academy needed a bigger, more professional space. Uh, So I started scouting, looking at spaces. I always had the idea of renting a room out to someone, um, but never at the scale that it's at now, which we have like 10, over 10 businesses in the one space. Um, But I looked at a few, nothing was really suitable, came across this one, um, had amazing big windows, great location, um, but massive. And I was like, what on earth am I going to do with this? I went home, thought about it, met up with my accountant and we kind of devised the idea of Glam Theory, one-stop beauty shop. I've actually now started calling it a beauty co-working space. Um, You know, you've seen these co-working like hot desk kind of situations popping up. It's a beauty co-working space. So everyone, you know, rents their own space. I get a little bit of money from them renting little bit more money once I pay off the exorbitant fit out that I did to the place yeah but that will pay itself <laughs> but off, it will pay of itself off in time um so yeah that's kind of where it came from and I love it I love being able to work with other people working from home is great but it can be lonely at times um so it's really great to work with the other girls and have people to bounce off and when you have a client come in that's like driving you nuts like you have people that you can relate to and that know what you're going through and you can talk to them and Um, yeah so I really love that side of what I do incredible and so what's the most challenging part because essentially now you're more like a business owner Mm. like a manager yes you're managing other people you're managing yourself the staff the like not landlord I don't know what it's called but like I'm 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 a landlord basically for the girls that are there so yeah how's that (sighs) yeah um that's probably the most challenging part of the business and the, the part that um it comes is most unnatural to me 
because I I think I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I love to keep everybody happy, which is great in my, you know, service side of my business because customers always hopefully leave happy. Um, But, you know, and I go above and beyond. But then, you know, having this space that, you know, the girls aren't my staff, um, but in other ways they've still got to, you know, comply to the rules of the salon and all of that stuff. And I do struggle to be, um, you know, take on that kind of manager role and, you know, try to be someone's friend, but also their boss is, yeah, yeah. That's probably the most stressful part of my job for sure. But, you know, I do, I do love it. Um, But yeah, that's definitely the hardest part. And look, as time goes on, you will grow. And like, of course, COVID has thrown a big curveball to this. So you are still learning. Yes, yes, exactly. And I'm learning on the job. And, you know, every day I learn something new that I'll take forward, you know, in the rest of in the rest of my work in the future. Um, but yeah. And so you mentioned that you are an educator. You've got Eliza Madeline Makeup Academy as well. When you sit down to plan what you're going to teach them, Where does this come from? Like, I know this is a dumb question, but have you crafted this whole course just based off your own experience? Yeah, it was kind of funny how it it came about. When I started the academy, it was actually my auntie's suggestion because my cousin, you know, was in the, she's probably 14 at the time and was kind of looking for something like that and and the idea kind of sparked to her and then I was like, oh, I couldn't. At the time, this was like three years ago that I started it. And I was like, oh, no way. Like, is anyone going to want to learn from me? But I love teaching. I used to teach dance. And um, when I worked at Inglot, the part that I enjoyed the most was recommending products to people and chatting to them about the products and how to apply them. Um, And I think it came very – like, teaching comes very naturally to me. I do think, um, you know, at the risk of sounding cocky, I do think I am quite – good at conveying like and teaching and a lot of the other girls that I work with that see me do it they're like I I don't know how you have the ability to like explain what it is that you do but it was through trial and error when I first launched the course I sat down I wrote like a full course outline I planned every class and then from there I kind of it became like a script how I taught yep um but then every single class I was adding on to that and changing it and then now I've recently just redone the entire course but I also just finished my cert four in training and assessment um yeah through the TAFE system you could teach at TAFE yes so I can teach at TAFE now um so I've just completed that course um and that was just to kind of you know help boost my teaching skills and you know to be able to help advertise my academy and show that I do I do have that skill um but that, that course in itself taught me so much about the TAFE system um, and I'm a huge advocate for the TAFE system now, definitely. I've actually looked into this course for myself because like as a um, like qualified teacher, while I can teach at high school and I can teach at uni, I can't teach at TAFE, so mm. I have to do that course as well. And yeah. if anyone's listening, it's just, did you do it online? I did it in person, at, well, uh, I did it last year, so half oh, yep. online, half in person, but through Box Hill. Um, it was really great and my class was full of so many different people from different walks of life which taught me so much as well um but 
the biggest thing you know tip that I would give people as well like even if you're listening to this and you're not interested in beauty but you're looking into courses don't overlook the TAFE system just because your school you know just talks about uni and that's it there's lots of really amazing courses at TAFE that can get you where you want so quick my partner is a um, software engineer and he now works in cybersecurity as an analyst um, very well paying job for you know and he's been able to climb the ranks so quickly because it's such a new growing industry and a lot of the people that he's hiring have just done uh, I think it's like a one and a half year TAFE course in cybersecurity. And that is instead of slaving for years yes. at uni yeah. in maybe a degree that you cannot stand. Yeah like he did um, engineering software engineering at uni so it's like four years um, and the people that he's hiring to, you know, eventually they'll do his job um, have just done a TAFE course and they're fantastic and, he, you know, he raves about the people that graduate from that course. So definitely don't overlook the TAFE system. <laughs> Most definitely. On top of everything, we've talked about your makeup academy, your salon, your own makeup artist, like experience, but now you also have your own cosmetic brand. You've got Glam Theory Studios, now you have Glam Theory Cosmetics, which is so cool. Like in itself, this is just like a huge what do you call it like a huge achievement so like you should be really proud of yourself thank you tell me about how you went from initial concept to you know sourcing the suppliers ensuring the quality to essentially now selling it yeah so glam theory cosmetics i'd always thought about um doing my own line of makeup brushes which is essentially what glam theory cosmetics is at the moment i've always been very passionate about makeup brushes um I think that there's something that's overlooked a lot of the time people spend so much money on product um and you know you'll go out and you'll spend 50 dollars on like the latest cool eyeshadow palette and like touch it once <laughs> um but people you know get thinking about buying makeup brushes so I've always been very particular about them and with my students I've always you know made them I used to make them invest in a lot of Inglot brushes because they were my favorite um and they would be like 30 dollars a pop so I wanted to create something that was, you know, at the same quality as those, but cheaper. Um, so that's kind of where the idea came from. I'd been working on it for about a year prior to COVID hitting, um, just on and off in my own time sourcing. Like I'd gotten a few samples from different manufacturers, but hadn't committed to anything yet. Had found the manufacturer that I wanted to work with, but it was just going to be a huge um, investment lot of money to get it um, started up because you have minimum order quantities so um, you can't just go oh I want to order like you know 50 brush sets and see how it goes no it was all in 200 brush sets as well I had to order to start with so 200 of every single brush um, which is pretty daunting and then the shipping fees to get it there and and all of that stuff Um, so yeah it was kind of on the back burner and then COVID hit and I was like okay I need to pivot my business because service-based just isn't enough anymore um and I'd been thinking for a long time you know long into the future when I have kids like I don't necessarily want to rely on like service and time to generate money I want to be able to make money while I sleep which is a really cool thing about um you know e-commerce business is yes it's a lot of work I don't just sleep and make money but (laughs) the idea that my phone could ping at any time and I haven't deliberately done anything to make that sale um is really really cool so I was always drawn by that COVID happened I was like okay need a new source of income had no money coming in but um, was like, okay, with all of the savings that I did have, I launched into the brushes and, and, and started that. And it gave me a little project during COVID and a purpose, which was really great. I probably would have gone insane without that. Um, 
And yeah, lots of sampling again after I, you know, started quality control testing. um, And then luckily I was in lockdown so I could try and try and try all the brushes to my heart's content. Uh, And then it was like four months that they were in production after I ordered them that I had to wait for them. (laughs) So that was a long process as well. Wow. I can only imagine once you finally picked everything, chosen everything, and then you go, okay, I'm ready to order. Like, sorry, you have to wait four months. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. all of my brushes are handmade. So they, yeah, handmake every single one. So it does take a really, really long time every time I want to reorder. But that's okay. It's made with love. Yes, it's made with love. (laughs) (laughs) And so, okay, with everything that you do, how do you balance like work, social life, rest time? Because, you know, business owner, makeup artist, educator, e-commerce extravagance yes. how do you balance everything my partner would say terribly <laughs> <laughs> but look I try to like Sundays for me I try to not not work at all on a Sunday and not think about it um and then during the week I am definitely I, I'm a procrastinator believe it or not regardless of like how much I do I'm actually a procrastinator so my plate needs to be full and busy all the time because if I don't have a deadline and something that has to happen it doesn't get done so at uni I was that person that would wait until the night before and then smash out the assignment there was no way I was doing an assignment two weeks before it was due like not happening um so I'm still like that to this day so Uh, when I don't have anything on my plate you best believe I am like just chilling out in front of Netflix Um, and then when there's stuff on my plate it's go 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 Um, I do need to learn to balance things a little bit more and have a bit more of a routine but when you run your own business and you love what you do it, it, it is really hard and I do find yes you know I'm working quite a lot but I'm loving what I'm doing. So, you know, I'll work, hustle hard now. And then, you know, in a few years time when I have kids and I'll, I'll, I'll mellow out maybe. (laughs) And when you love what you do, I know it's so cheesy. Like you never work a day in your life, but you love what you do and you're working very hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so what's coming next for everything? Oh, okay. Probably not too much at the moment. I say that now and then I'll probably have a crazy idea tonight and I'll be up all night and then the next thing will launch. (laughs) That's usually how it goes. Um, But yeah, just really focusing on what I've got at the moment and and growing the businesses that I have. With every new business that I've started, another great tip is I haven't just jumped ship from one thing to the other when something hasn't quite worked. I've really pushed with each thing and then when that is like fully you know I started with makeup when I was fully booked with makeup then I moved on to the academy and then when the academy was doing really really well I had to find a new space for it and that's how glam theory started and then once I had all that under control and I had some downtime I started glam theory cosmetics so glam theory cosmetics isn't isn't fully you know cooked yet it's still baking so um just working on that basically I've got a few more brushes in the works um and yeah working on growing growing that side of the business is kind of my goals at the moment love it and so for any students listening are there any opportunities to like work with you volunteer or I know you mentioned that you did a lot of like one-on-one when you were learning do you offer that as well yes so I offer the academy so that's a 10-week short course um really really good starting point like if I do say so myself there's not really much else out like out there in the industry like it and I do cover social media and business skills within it um, which is something you don't really see from other makeup courses I do also offer one-on-one lessons um, just 
slide into my DMs or preferably email <laughs> and I can help you out with that. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of like like work opportunities, I'm not hiring at the moment. As I said, managing scares me. So <laughs> no staff members for yet. But I have been, um, you know, getting some work experience students in that help me out. So I've currently got Kaya. She is a massive help to me. She helps me on Fridays. Um, so once she flies off from the nest, then I'll probably be looking for someone else. So if you are looking for kind of work experience type stuff, then um, definitely, you know, hit me up and I'll see, you know, you never know when someone will come up. Okay, last question. I ask everyone this. Okay. What's something you wish you knew when you were in year 11 and year 12? Yeah, cool. Um, I'm, I might go back to that. Well, I've already said this. But you can say it again. The, t- the TAFE thing, I think, is a massive thing. Like, look, don't discredit the TAFE system, I think, would be one of my first massive, massive recommendations. Um yeah don't discredit the TAFE system have a look at um, the industry that you're wanting to go in through there it's cheaper it's quicker it's more um, immersive in the actual um, you know industry it's industry immersive is the word that I'm looking for Um, so you know it's not going to be for every industry um, but for some industries definitely yeah have a look into that I think that's one of my biggest tips definitely and you know don't treat year 12 like it's the be all and end all I did I didn't know this but I did this in year 12 and it's one of the things that I'm most happy that I did do because I didn't stop dancing I didn't stop like my extracurricular activities I didn't stop my part-time job I didn't break up with my boyfriend to focus on study I did all of those things and studied at the same time I still got a really good score to get into my course and I lived my life and I think that COVID just only goes to show you never know when the world's going to get, you know, turned on its head. Um, don't waste a year of your life studying. It's just, it's not worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And yeah. that's some very wise pieces of advice that, you know, I wish I did back when I was in year 11 and year 12. But yes, Eliza, thank you so much. This episode has been so insightful. And I hope anyone listening who is considering a career in makeup just feels more confident and more inspired just to take that leap. Thank you. Yes, I hope so. Thank you for having me. Anytime. If you like this episode of The Student Space, you can find us on Instagram at the.studentspace and it's just The Student Space on Facebook and LinkedIn. Also, if you have any requests for podcast episodes in the future, do reach out to us on Instagram DM and I'll make that happen. If you'd like to support us further, follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Alternatively, I would love for you to leave a review. Thanks, everyone. Bye.